Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. America for three solid days with nothing, nothing to do, all right? And so y'all aren't ready for me, and uh, so we're going to try to help you this morning. I'm excited about what God is going to be speaking to us over the course of the next few weeks. We're going to go back and grab some things that maybe we have put down that we need to grab, all right? So are you, are you, are you ready? Okay, I got two of you ready. I'm waiting for you to get ready, all right. So uh, it may, what I'm getting ready to tell you may be truth. I'm not sure. Uh, some people say it's a legend. Uh, but either way, the story's worth retelling. The truth is, is I've already told you the story probably a couple times. But I think I need to retell it again because there's a, another aspect of this uh, story I want you to catch. It's about Harry Houdini, the, the famed escape artist. Uh, for those of you that have been with us, you may remember that he had issued this challenge all across the world. Wherever he went, the same challenge, he said, you can throw me in any jail cell and within a certain period of time, I will be able to escape. There's no question about it. It's just a matter of time. I will be able to escape. And every time without fail, after a certain period of time, he would exit the jail cell and all the people were amazed, right? Until one particular occasion, he was in this small town. <laughs> Imagine that. A small town. Uh, maybe it was called, never mind. Uh, maybe it was called Maysville, North Carolina. I don't know. That's the small town I was locked up in. Uh, I, I wasn't actually locked up, but I was, ca no, I wasn't captured. I was never mind. Okay, so, so I was in this small town. Maybe it was Maysville, North Carolina. All I know is he issued the challenge. They threw him into this jail cell. And when everybody exited, he did what he'd always done. Out of his belt, he pulls this piece of metal that he always carried with him that had always worked, and he began to work on the lock. And for about 30 minutes, he worked, and he got nowhere. And an hour passed, and he still hadn't been able to open the door. And by this time, he had worked himself up into a sweat. I mean, he, he was like, I am on Sunday morning, he was sweating all over the place, he was exhausted, he was frustrated, but he still could not pick the lock, and so finally, after two hours of laboring, Harry Houdini collapsed in frustration, in failure, and he leaned up against the door, and lo and behold, the door swung wide open, because it had never actually been locked, yeah, so I tell you this story to drive home one simple point this morning, and that is this. An unlocked door is just as strong and restrictive as a locked door if you don't know that the door is unlocked. And so I just came to tell somebody in the room in the house today watching online that part of our issue today, I believe, in our walk, in our relationship with God is that there, are, there is an unlocked door that Jesus came to unlock for us, but many of us are walking around frustrated, exhausted, working up a sweat, collapsed in frustration, thinking we can never have what he has for us to have, and it's an unlocked door that we're battling and we don't understand it. And so I, I, just, I just need to make sure that, that we know about this unlocked door. Jesus himself addresses this lack in the lives of his disciples and then he declares that a door has been swung wide open for our access and so I think it's important for us to walk through the unlocked door that Jesus presents to us. Everybody with me? All right, so I need you to join me. Here we go, Acts. Here we go, Acts chapter 1. 
I want us to read in verses 3 through 8. It's verses you're familiar with if you've been in church very long, especially a Pentecostal church like this one. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. For 40 days after his death, he appeared to them many times in ways that provided beyond doubt that he was alive. And they saw him and he talked with them about the kingdom of God. And when they came together, he gave them this order, not a suggestion. He didn't say, hey, if you think this is a good idea, if you don't have anything else to do, if you don't have a better plan, if you don't have plan A, this could be your plan B. He says this is an order. This is a command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift I told you about, the gift my father promised. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when the apostles met together with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time give the kingdom back to, your, to, to Israel? And Jesus said to them, the times and occasions are set by my Father's own authority, and it's not for you to know when they will be. But, listen, here it is. Here's our Pentecostal verse this morning. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I just need to remind some of you to kind of go back in your memory banks when you were about eight years old, sitting in some Pentecostal church somewhere, and they were reading from the King James, and you memorized it in the King James like I did, and it was this, and you will receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Anybody else? Okay, I learned it that way. So, so I know that you have heard that because um, uh, of what happens on the day of Pentecost, that, that, that the Holy Spirit comes, stay with me, so that we will have power for witnessing. Anybody ever heard that? Come on. Are y'all, let's be a talkback church a little bit this morning instead of a lazy church. Let, let, let's be a talkback. I give you permission to talk back to me. Now, if you're wrong when you talk back to me, I might correct it. But, but never mind. Okay, so talk back to me a little bit. Participate. Does anybody, have you ever heard a preacher stand up anywhere and talk about the fact that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is given, it is given, he is given so that we will become Better witnesses. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all are finally here. All right. So, I know that's true. And I would conclude, here it is. This is the part we don't like. If we recognize that fact, then I must come to the conclusion that we are underutilizing the power for that task because most of us still operate in a spirit of timidity or we ignore our responsibility in that particular area. When's the last time you told anybody about Jesus? When's the last time you had all this power on you to witness so that you bust wide open into your, bust the door open at your job and tell them all about Jesus? When's the last time you walked right into the middle of your school and told them about Jesus because of the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit upon you to witness? It's underutilized. The, the power that has been unlocked for us is certainly sends us, right? It sends us. Okay, you're with me. However, I wonder if the fact that we uh, fail to access the power of the Holy Spirit in the area of witnessing is also an indication that there are other areas of this promise and gift that are equally untapped and underutilized. Uh, okay. I don't want to ignore the sending power available to us. I don't. 
We need to go. We need to go. It's not enough for you to sit in here and soak and sour till Jesus comes back. Hold the fort. Us four no more. Frozen chosen. Right? That's, that's not what this church is about or will never be about. We are about telling people the good news. Some of y'all talk all the time about the good news of your favorite restaurant. Some of y'all talk about the good news all the time about your favorite hobby and your favorite vacation location. But I need somebody in this house to recognize that the best news that we have to share is the good news of what Jesus can do in somebody's life that was lost. Okay. So, I don't want to ignore that, but I also want to stop and look at the essential unlocked resource that the Holy Spirit brings to bear for us. I want to draw your attention to the fact that the Holy Spirit um, has, given, uh, has been given. Here it is. Here's the brass tacks bottom line. Rubber meets the road. I need you to get this. The bottom line is this. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to unlock power. Lost half of you right there. No, I think it was three quarters. He's been given to us to unlock power. Power to to be sent, yes. But that's not all. There are other areas of power. So we're going to talk about that over the coming weeks. I, I want to remind you that the disciples had spent large quantities of time with Jesus, right? Go back and read the Gospels day in, day out, night and day, all day long. For three and a half years, they never seemed to, to wander away from the presence of Jesus. Right? They witnessed unbelievable miracles firsthand, the type of miracles we wished we could see. They watched him walk on the water. They, they watched him turn water into wine. They watched him heal blind men. They watched him firsthand account, help people that were lame to walk. They watched all that. And then, not only that, they tasted the authority that he gave them when they were sent out on evangelistic forays. He said, two by two, go out and tell people. Y'all re- okay, y'all know your Bible? He told them to go out, and they, they, they came back amazed, right? Amazed. Demons tremble at the power that we have. Okay? All of that, and yet Jesus instructs these guys that have seen all that, done all that, to wait on the Holy Spirit. These, these, these hiding, afraid, timid, doubting disciples after they've waited on the Holy Spirit, are transformed from not only unlikely but unwilling candidates. And they become men that the Bible says turns the world upside down. After they wait on and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to have to stay with me for just a moment. I'm going to try to go into a little teaching mode here and quit yelling at y'all. We rightly elevate the need to have Jesus in our life. Here's the truth that will never change. Without Christ, you cannot be saved. That's truth. We rightly elevate that. That's why every Sunday we stop and we pray over people that are on our list to get saved. That's why every Sunday, almost without fail, we give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus because without Jesus, you cannot be saved. You will never be good enough. You will never earn it. You will never be righteous enough. Without Jesus in your heart and in your life, submitting to him as your Lord and Savior, there is no hope. 
Are we clear? Okay. But if Jesus emphasized the power of the Holy Spirit, then shouldn't we also elevate the need to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Jesus makes it clear that the power of the Holy Spirit was worth waiting on. He makes it clear that the power of the Holy Spirit was worth working in. He makes it clear that the Holy Spirit was necessary in order for us to fulfill the purposes of God in our life. He makes that clear, right? So here's what we did. We sing that Jesus is enough. Y'all been singing that one lately? You are enough. He's enough. Jesus is enough. But what if Jesus is telling us that he's enough for our our eternal soul, but when you connect, maybe he's trying to teach us that when you connect the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit with the indwelling power of Jesus transforming your life, then you have unstoppable and undeniable power not to just be saved, but to live. Okay, so let's go back. I'm going to mess with you right here. This, okay, I'm going to go back King James. i got to go back to King James. I learned it that way. It, it sounds good in the other, but I like it in the King James, all right? Because he says it like this, after that, you will receive power. All right, anybody else learn it that way? Okay. After that, talking about the Holy Spirit coming, after that, you will receive power. After that, you will receive power. Okay, i got to be logical. After that... You will receive power. So then should we conclude that if you don't have an after that, then the before that is marked by less power. I knew y'all weren't ready for me. Y'all want me to go back to Maysville, North Carolina right now because you don't like what I just said. He says after that. So if you haven't had an after that, then we got to back up to the before that. And apparently after that, there's more power than there was before So go back to the text. You will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The reality of this after that power becomes glaringly obvious when you begin to go back and read the book of Acts. Every page, I don't have time, every page is filled with examples of common, unlearned, normal, just like us people operating in, walking in, and wielding jaw-dropping power. Right? Okay, okay. You, ain't, you ain't mad at me now? Just hang on. Here are some of the examples of how the Holy Spirit does more than just send us. I'm going to give you examples of how the Holy Spirit, the power that's been locked for us, unlocked for us, sets us apart. Here they are. Here we go. Here we go. In chapter 2, the same Peter that ran and hid when Jesus was being crucified now stands up in front of a huge crowd, preaches a three-minute message, and 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. Same guy that ran and hid. Now has this power in him. Okay. In chapter 3, Peter and John are asked for money by a lame man. And instead, go back to, I got to go back to King James. Silver and gold, <laughs> have I none. But such as I have. Okay, y'all do, I do have some King James folks in the house. Y'all are y'all as old as I am. So, so, so in, in, in chapter 2, they give this lame man healing. Right? In chapter 5, Peter's shadow. God help us. God help us that we be, ooh, Peter's shadow. 
He walks by, the sun hits him, casts a shadow, and all the people that he walks by that are sick, he doesn't touch them, he doesn't talk to them, he doesn't lather oil all over them, he doesn't name it and claim it. He's minding his own stinking business, and his shadow hits them, and he's got so much power in him that they're healed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then in chapter 5, uh, also apostles are set free from prison by an angel. Okay, chapter 6, Stephen was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Chapter 8, Philip is transported, all Star Trekky. I don't understand it. He's just beamed up. Y'all don't think there's some cool stuff in the Bible? All of a sudden, he's in one location, and the Holy Spirit needs him in another location, and boom, he transforms that into that place and because he leads this man to Christ, and the Holy Spirit needs him somewhere else, and Beam me up, Scotty. He goes somewhere else. I don't understand it. Don't ask me to explain it. But it's in there. And it's in us. Mm. Chapter 8, or chapter 9. Tabitha is raised from the dead by Peter. Chapter 14, Paul heals a crippled man. Chapter 16, Paul and Silas are set free from prison by an earthquake while they're praising God. Chapter 27 and 28, Paul survives a shipwreck. He's bitten by a snake, which is probably one of the worst things that could ever happen to you in life according to your pastor. I'm just telling you because I'm scared of snakes. I, that's a bad day. Give me boils. Give me, give me leprosy. Let stuff fall off. But I'm telling you, you bring a cobra up in here, we're going to have some problems. That's why we will never be a snake handling church because your pastor is scared to death neither will we be a spider handling church because of your youth pastor <laughs> he's bitten by a snake and he shakes it off no effects why okay because they had an after that life okay now it's going to get tight let's be honest our stories tend to be a far cry less powerful than what we saw happen in Acts. We are no less talented than the folks that we've talked about in Acts. We are no less gifted than those people in Acts. Let me just help you this morning. Most of us are way more educated than the men that we talked and the women that we talked about in the book of Acts. We are no less saved Jesus didn't save them at some greater degree and level than we're saved. We're just, if you've accepted Christ, you've bowed down in your heart and in your mind and in your soul and established Jesus on the throne of your life, you're just as saved as Peter and Paul and John and Stephen. So then the only conclusion that this pastor can come to about my own life and about you is that we... We are settling for less powerful lives than the people in Acts. We need the Holy Spirit because without Him we lack power. Anybody hearing me this morning? We need the Holy Spirit because we lack power. I'm going to say it one more time until somebody gets it down into their spirit. We need the Holy Spirit because in this day and age, in the society that we live in that's in turmoil, where all kinds of truth, what they're calling truth is being spewed, we and people are so confused and so desperate and don't know where to turn or what to do. We need power. We need power. We need power. Uh, we need power. We need 
power. We need power. We need power. We need power. I need some passion folks to do more than just come to worship Jesus together once a week. I need you to walk the halls of your school with power resting upon you. I need you to walk the halls of your job with power flowing out of you. I need you to walk through the streets of your community with power flowing out of you. And the only way to get that power is to have an after that. I want to challenge you today that regardless of whether you were raised Pentecostal or whether you may have been raised Baptist or maybe you were raised Lutheran or maybe you were raised pagan or maybe you were raised in some other lane of teaching I don't even know about. I just want you to recognize together with me that we desperately need the unlocked power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I believe that too many of us are so scared or possibly confused. Stay with me. I know what I'm about to say in a Pentecostal church, all right? Would you just stay with me one moment, then I'm going to get out your way. I just think that too many of us are so scared or possibly confused by the evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence that we have in the process failed to gain access to the unlocked power that is supplied by His presence. And if we don't want the Holy Spirit because we think He's spooky or weird, or this Holy Spirit stuff is confusing, then shouldn't we at least want the Holy Spirit because Jesus told us that we need Him? Listen, I don't need the Holy Spirit just to speak in tongues. I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart because at Walmart, I'm about to rise up and kill somebody. I'm going to tell you right now, I did not need the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues stranded on the side of the S-curve in the gorge of the mountains of North Carolina with semis flying past me going 900 miles an hour. I needed the power of the Holy Spirit to say, you ain't touching me. I got a barrier around me. I can't even see it. I didn't need the Holy Spirit just to pray in tongues when I'm trapped in some podunk hotel. When I walk outside, I hear banjos. I needed the power power of the Holy Spirit to keep me from losing my stinking mind. Can't get no help. I, I didn't need, I didn't need the power of the Holy Spirit just to help me pray in tongues. When we got the, when we got the diagnosis of Julia, I needed the power of the Holy Spirit to speak up in my life and go, you know what? I got this. I got this. There's power in us. I, I, I just need power. Shouldn't we at least want the Holy Spirit so that we have the power necessary to live a victorious life in Christ? Unlocked power is wasted if it's untapped. We can stay up, trapped up in this church for the next six weeks talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. I want the power, 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 power. But if you don't tap into the power, it's wasted. So I just, I, just, I just came to tell you that Acts chapter 1 and 8 is very clear. The Holy Spirit results in power. Some of us are living powerless because we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to unlock power in us. I encourage you this morning. This is all I want to tell you this morning. As we go through this series, the next three weeks, we're going to talk about some of the other areas the Holy Spirit unlocks for us, and they're necessary. But I just want to tell you this morning, the challenge I want to make for you to you this morning is the same one that Jesus made. Make a power grab. Make a power grab. Let's grab on to the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Spirit and let him operate in and through our lives. Let's make a power grab. I don't, look, y'all, y'all don't want to mess with me. I, I, I don't really care if you, you say, well, I, I pray in tongues all the time. Great. Do you have any power? Some of y'all praying in tongues all the time got no power. We're going to talk about praying in tongues next week. But, but, but for this morning, my question is not, are you praying in tongues? My, my question is, do you have any power? A.W. Tozer says this, and I'll leave. Everything else being equal. Everything else being equal. We shall have as much success in Christian work as we have power. No more and no less. We desperately need to make a power grab so that we can be successful in the work that Christ has called us to. Everywhere I turn, all I hear about on the news, in conversations, is power. I hear about white power. I hear about black power. I hear about brown power. I hear about local power. I hear about state power. I hear about national power. I hear about governmental power. Everybody's talking about power. Everybody wants to be powerful. And yet those of us that actually have access to power are living in a less than situation and a before than situation and we fail to realize that if you've given your life to Jesus you ought to begin to grab onto and make a power grab and say I need a I need an after that I need an after that thank you Jesus for saving my soul but now I need power to walk in this life I gotta have some power and so I need you to fulfill the promises that you've made in my life but the only way I know how to get there is I gotta get power is there anybody that would be honest in the house that would say I gave Jesus my life and he saved me but I don't know if I've got power to even make it through next week anybody other than your pastor yeah 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 yeah. so how do we get there after that can't get no help how do we get there after that we begin to pursue the power the, the, unmo- the amount of unlocked power does not matter unless it is accessed and scripture declares that, 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 that this, we would have so much power in us here it is let's see if, you, if, let's see if we match up here it is then I'm done I promise this is my fourth closing I'm done I promise here it is here it is here it is see if you match up after that the Bible says after that after that that signs and wonders will follow you I need somebody (laughs) to look over your shoulder and see what's following you because there's some stuff following some of us like chaos and destruction and anger and and devastation and good vibes and hope and all this stuff. But are there any signs and wonders following us? Because if we have an after that moment, there will be power flowing out of us. His power is not diminished because time has gone past since the day of Acts. His power isn't diminished because we're more enlightened. The power is not diminished because we're more gifted. The power is not diminished because we become more intelligent. The power is not diminished by the same power that fell on the day of Pentecost. Can follow us. So you can speak in tongues. No. Yes, but no. So that you're set apart by the power flowing out of you. And so if you if you don't want or you're afraid of the other parts of the Holy Spirit, then I just think we can all agree that we need to seek the unlock power of the Holy Spirit today. When I come with expectation, the Holy Spirit shows up with power. 
I need us to become power filled with expectation that this unlocked power will fill us, fill us. I'm waiting for the day when one of our Hope Center guys walks in on the first day, strung out on heroin, strung out on meth, strung out on fentanyl, and instead of it taking a year for him to get clean, I'm just waiting for somebody to have enough power to walk up to him and lay their hands on his arm. Let me just pray for you a moment, because I know there's some power resonating out of me, and in one moment, I'm not saying he doesn't have to complete the program. I'm just saying from that moment forward, there's no more desire. There's no more withdrawal. All of a sudden, clean. I'm just waiting for some the, the day when people walk onto this campus or walk into our cubicle and they're sick as a dog and, and instead of going, well, let me tell you what the doctor did for me. I, he took iver, I took ivermectin and I took vitamin D and I took vitamin C. Not that there's anything wrong with what the doctors are telling us to do. I just want to tell you, I'm just waiting for somebody to get so much power in their life. They go, hey, let me tell you how I saw this and lay hands on them and in the name of Jesus Christ and under the power of the Holy Spirit, they're set free. I'm just waiting for a broken marriage to walk in here on the way to a divorce court. They happen to stop by and all of a sudden they say, I didn't like you very much and I'd had all I could take and you were driving me crazy. But now I see you like Jesus sees you because somebody got a hold of me with the power of the Holy Ghost. So Father, I pray that what you would do this morning is simply this. For those that are in the room that have not had a after that moment, I pray that a hunger would rise up in them and they would begin to pursue the promise that you said we could have. If there's one individual, five individuals, 15 individuals in this room or watching online that do not have an have had not had no encounter with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I pray that in the name of Jesus they would become hungry enough, convinced enough that they need power, that they would pursue you. I also pray for those of us that have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, that you would stir something up inside of us and we would recognize once again that we weren't filled so that we could just sit around and enjoy good worship services. We didn't just have this encounter with you, Holy Spirit, so that we could talk in some language that nobody else understands. You sent your Holy Spirit to us for power. May we walk under the mandate and the anointing and the effects of that power I pray in Jesus' name. Stand with me, stand with me, stand with me, stand with me. I need us to make a power grab this morning. I need to make a power grab this morning. I need us to make a power grab this morning. I need us to become hungry to see everything that Jesus said we could have manifested in our life, manifested today, in our lives today, in our situation today. And this is what I want us to do. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, I've not had an after that moment. I don't even understand it. I just know what you read. Jesus said I could have it. He promised that I could have it. And all I want to do is just come to this place where I say, Jesus, I want everything that you've got for me.
I don't understand it. I'm confused by it. But I know your word says that a good father wouldn't harm his children. I know that you said in your word that you would take care of me, that I can trust you. And so if you've got this for me, I want it. I just, I don't understand it. I just want it. I just know I don't have enough power to live this life you're calling me to live. And I want it. If that's you, if that's you here in a moment, I'm going to let you come to this altar. But if you're in this room and at some point in your past, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, two years ago, in some setting somewhere, you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, but you're not operating in the power. You would say, there's no signs and wonders following me. I'm not living up to the power that he said I could have. Then this altar calls for you too. I want both people, both groups of people. What You say, aren't you going to differentiate? No. Because if you're filled and you're not operating in power, <laughs> you're in the same boat the first group was in. So let's make a power grab this morning. Our worship team is going to sing. And I'm going to give you about 10 minutes in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right down here in front. If you fit into one of those... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.